Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is the Runner's World Podcast. You're listening to the Runner's World Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. This week, we're speaking with Hannah Beecham about Red January. I was inspired by witnessing the effect that regular exercise had on my mum as she went through a period of severe depression. And January, you guys might correct me on this, but I'd never heard anyone say that they look forward to January. The feedback that we've had is people feel much calmer. Having that goal and that focus has been a really key thing that's come out of all of this as well, that thing that motivates people. What a way to finish off a fine year of podcasting. Uh, Hannah's story about Red January is really inspiring. And as a bonus, we also have Stephen Crompton coming in to tell us about why he's running 2,500 miles across Africa. Blimey. So Christmas is almost here, Ben. So are you feeling suitably festive? I cannot wait. I love Christmas. Yeah, I thought you did. Uh, you know, Christmas Eve is actually... Christmas Eve is one of those sort of... It's, it's the build-up. I like the build-up. The actual day itself is mainly food and, and just like lying around and feeling a bit sick. But the build-up is the bit that I really enjoy. Process, not outcome. Yeah. Uh, it's, maybe it's a bit like tra- you know, training. This, yeah. is, this, is, this is the build-up. Race day. Whatever happens, happens. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas day. Who knows? But the build-up. No, Christmas Eve is fun. Um, my boy is very excited, so I've got a bit of that. This is the first time that Christmas is like a recognised thing. And you're hosting this year? Yeah. Great. Okay. So, you know, that's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, you know, convincing him that you have to leave out at least three mince pies for Santa. It's going to be the, it's going to be the real thing that I'm Excellent. going to do. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, and he likes whiskey. So it's fine. Yeah, it's great. Great. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to you. You feeling festive? I'm feeling festive. I've I've of course booked in some kind of uh trail event Idiot. over the Christmas period. Uh so I'm doing the third annual um Head Torch Marathon. It's around Box Hill. Yep. And it's um it's partly organised by Mark Thornbury, who came on. Yeah, great. Very inspiring uh, ultra runner who has um, liver cancer. And all, and all the, the proceeds from the, the event are going towards funding liver cancer research. Excellent. So it starts... I should have looked into this a bit more. but it's, Wait, is it actually a marathon? It's a marathon. Oh, and it's not flat. What day is it? It's 28th. Okay, fine. 28th December. Oh, carb load. <laughs> There's a lot of carb load before. It starts at 7.30. Right. And I've run around Box Hill a lot. And even if you go quickly, that's a five-hour marathon. So that's what half tw- no, yeah half twelve. Quick, quick bit of math there for Rick. <laughs> <laughs> or is it half one? Anyway, it's after midnight. Yeah. So it's you know, and then I've got to get in the car and drive back. But I'm, that's my that's my sort of bag, Ben. I'm kind of into that. I think it'll be fun. The, the thing that most I want to know first of all is what head torch have you got? I've got one of those Petzl. Um, yeah, but which one? Petzl NAO. Give me some lumens. Petzl NAO. No, it's really, what, you, what you're packing? No, it's really good. It's oh, like, good. basically like the Northern Star <laughs> running around Box right, Hill. Good. So I'm going to be all right at that front. Um, 
And I'm hoping, I mean, it's, it's going to be a really great sort of bunch of eccentric oh, people. It'll be so much fun. I think yeah. running around in the dark's the best thing. Yeah. Like, I, you know, whenever I, given the chance, going around Epping Forest in the dark, yeah, right. head torch on is a good little way to explore. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I support this endeavour. Well, thank you very much. So that's going to be me. Um, let's welcome our guest of the week. Yes, let's do it. Guest of the week. Here in the studio. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone. Could be an athlete. Red January encourages people to get active in the month of January in a bid to boost their mental health and raise funds for MIND. Hannah Beecham started the initiative in 2016 after witnessing the transformative effect that regular exercise had on her mum's mental health. Hannah, welcome to the Runners World podcast. Thank you. A pleasure to be here. Great to have you on. Um, So can you quickly tell us a little bit more about how Red January came into fruition? Absolutely. So as you say, I founded Red January four years ago. I was inspired by witnessing the effect that regular exercise had on my mum as she went through a period of severe depression. Um, And I set us up for a fitness challenge, something for her to work towards, something to motivate her to move um, and get out of the house. Within a few months, I noticed a big increase in her mood and her energy levels and then she went back to work. I should say as well, obviously, it didn't cure her depression, but it was just the idea of giving her that purpose, giving her something to work towards. Um, And it just, obviously, with it being my mum, I was incredibly inspired by the journey that she went on with exercise. Um, We were training for that particular event during winter, And it just got me thinking about actually whether you have a diagnosed mental health problem or not, we all need to support ourselves that bit more during the winter time. And January, you guys might correct me on this, but I'd never heard anyone say that they look forward to January. It's that time of year where you tend to be skint. We're all spending a lot of money at the moment during the Christmas period. And also you've been around a lot of people whether you like it or not. So you can start the year perhaps feeling a bit isolated as well. Um, And also it's a time of year where you tend to set goals anyway, quite naturally. So January always felt like the month where really it would be amazing for my mum to continue what she started, for her to have that support, for her to have that goal. So the idea for Red January was born born from there. What was the the challenge that your mum wanted to achieve initially or did you set out? Because I think that's kind of a barrier that a lot of people struggle with is they go oh, I need to do something new but they're never quite sure what it is that they want to do mm. so what was your what did you sort of set your task for your mum what was it you might you're probably going to judge me on this but bless my mum she'd been signed off work was in bed yeah and I signed us up to a walking marathon that's pretty you've done one of those haven't you oh yeah most they're of my hard. most of my ultra marathons have essentially been glorified long distance <laughs> walking <laughs> right <laughs> I'm, yeah. with you. I'm with you I'm with you yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I I went home with that news. So I kind of took that choice out of the equation. But I know from my own experience of signing up to things Mm. and having that goal, that thing to work towards, has always been a really powerful motivating factor. And I just thought, you know what, my mum feels quite helpless at the moment. She's got nothing to work towards. I'm here to support her in the lead up to that fitness challenge. Um, and we, I would set a six month period where we were going to be training for it. So it was enough time for us both to kind of focus on that thing together. Nice. Yeah, I think that's always the first thing is making the decision of what it is you want to try and get to. Mm. Yeah, I think it can keep you honest, can't it, having a goal? Oh, yeah. Um, what was the early reaction like to, to Red January, like the first year or the first and second year, say? Um, so it was 
It was a really interesting period. So I was running, I started Red January up alongside my full-time job. Um, I never really knew how engaging it was going to be for people. As I said, I, I set it up really to continue what my mum had started um, and had got the word out there organically through word of mouth, through friends and family, and then got a huge surprise on January 1st, 2016, when saw that there was thousands of people from around the world wanting to kickstart their year by getting active every day. Wow. Um, which was incredible. There was such a huge appetite for people to want to support themselves. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? So it was a kind of instant success, really, in that sense. Success is... I don't really know what success looks like for Red. I think, for me, it was more about providing my mum with a community and something to support her during that period. So the fact that other people wanted that support network and they wanted a goal and a focus throughout quite a tough month. January is deemed as we talk about the winter blues and things like that. I appreciate that, obviously, if you do have a mental health problem, you're you're managing that on a daily basis all year round. But there are studies to say that, obviously, during the winter time, it can be more difficult. So the fact that people responded to that in the way that they did um, was incredible. And yes, there was definitely on the 1st of January, there was definitely a few tears of what is happening here this is incredible yeah that's amazing yeah that's amazing i mean it sounds like there probably aren't but are there any rules around red january does anyone have to run a certain distance or is it just simply a matter of being active that's a good question so for us it's about being active and really we focus very much on allowing people to set their own personal goals so for some um, we had uh, a redder last year actually run 20 miles every day. Wow. That's not something that we would necessarily yeah, yeah. <laughs> encourage. But if that's something that you feel comfortable doing, then go for it. Absolutely. And then for others, it's about getting out of bed every day and walking to the local shops. So it really is this goal where it's very much unique to the individual. And we encourage you to set a goal that works for you. Yes, studies do share say that 30 minutes of exercise has the most beneficial kind of effect on your well-being. But really, it's, it's up to the individual. Why do you think that running is good for people's mental health, Hannah. Why do you think as an activity it's particularly effective? So I can only really talk from my own experience and obviously what I've witnessed amongst the Red community, Mm. but the feedback that we've had is people feel much calmer. They feel much more productive. Um, Having that goal and that focus has been a really key thing that's come out of all of this as well, that thing that motivates people. Um, People's self-esteem as well has definitely increased. We've had people that for the first time after taking part in Red January have gone for their first interview or they've gone to their first park run where before that period they might have felt a bit intimidated about going. Um, And actually just the idea of bringing people together through sport as well, running as as we all know, is such a special community. Um, And you get the opportunity if you need some time independently, running allows that for you as well. But also there's so many inclusive communities out there um, where you can do it and enjoy it together as well yeah having a support network I think is what attracts a lot of people to running as well it would be from meeting people online or or joining a community that's established or even just a running club I think that's kind of where a lot of the tie-ins with a more positive outlook come in because you're you feel better in yourself because you're moving and then you've got people around you maybe on a similar journey and it just kind of like brings that together definitely definitely I think running can often feel like uh, it's a solo sport, but I think people who run really 
realise it's very, very much a kind of community-based mm. activity, I think. Absolutely. And um, there's definitely a few jokes amongst friends. You, when you're a keen runner, it's kind of all you want to be talking about. So it's, it's quite <laughs> yeah. nice oh, that yeah. you've oh, got... Yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's good that you've got other pals that you can do yeah. that with as well. There must be some amazing stories that have come out of Red. Are there any for you that, that you could tell us about that kind of stand out for you? Yeah, absolutely. I guess from my mum, um, her having that special, that supportive community has been a real lifesaver for her. And I don't say that lightly. I think the fact that people are on there sharing their stories of how running and exercise is supporting their well-being um, has helped kind of normalise my mum's feelings, which is a powerful thing in itself. Mm. Um, I think just generally speaking, so Red January isn't this one month novelty challenge. It's about forming habits that will support you all year round. So actually for that community to hear from them throughout the year, and here in terms of the impact that it's had on their life overall. Um, so we hear from people, especially in families and things like that, actually it's been that time that they've all come together and then they've managed to sustain that all year round as well. Um, and it's brought about really positive habits in people's lives. Um, so for different organisations, so we do have workplaces and things like that taking taking board, um, taking part, sorry. And um, they've talked about, they feel like they've got their lunch break back so they'll oh, go out for a run now instead yeah. of sitting at their desk, which I know we're all prone to do from time to time. But it's been amazing to hear that all year round people are continuing to, yeah, continuing what they started in January, which is great. What are the, what are the plans for, for Red January then? Because I feel like it's it's grown exponentially over the years. Is there a plan to have like your own event or anything like that? We are in the works of talking about that at the moment, actually, because we do recognise, obviously, for that one month, we're bringing people together. And then on the 1st of February, we're we're still there, of course. Um, We're looking at the rest of the year. So a couple of years ago, we set up Red Together, which is the umbrella company. The idea being that we'll then continue our efforts to keep active all year round. So we're looking for partners all year round, and we're absolutely looking at events and things like that, as you're describing there, in terms of bringing people back together. Um, and again, bring, giving them another focus and a goal as well. Where can anyone else find out about this? Where, where's the best place for someone to go online and to, to try and join the community? So if you go to redjanuaryformind.co.uk, um, sign up to Red January 2020 is completely free. Um, and when you sign up, you get the option to buy your exclusive Red January T-shirt, your snood or neck buff, however you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and also set up a Just Giving page as well for Mind. Um, and then we'll encourage you to join the online channels. So we're there to support you and motivate you throughout your Red January experience. So if anyone's listening to this, Hannah, and thinks, I probably could do a bit more running in January. Um, what would you say to them to encourage them to sort of take part in Red? I would say appreciating that obviously there's 31 days in January. That's no mean feat if you are deciding to run. Um, So just take it slowly. Um, Listen to your body. Um, Small steps. We'd ideally advise that on the 1st of January, you just start small and and run a walk if you need to. Um, But really just keep listening to yourself. As I said, for some people, knocking out 20 miles comes easily to them. But if you want to use it as a base to train for couch to 5K, um, then we've got plans on the website which will help you do that but just do what works for you have you got any big running goals coming up in in 2020 other than red so i'm actually i'm doing the london marathon great which i'm really looking forward to actually i i got a ballot place a couple of years ago and i've actually deferred it yeah because i would really like to try for a time which i shouldn't i probably shouldn't be sharing this actually because then i'm accountable (laughs) say it it now i think there's some evidence to suggest that when you go out there yes time you say it you're possibly more likely to do it this is good we had a sports psychologist on who talked about the fear of failure 
and how that most people will underachieve due to their not stating a positive goal at the beginning of their training. So use the positivity. Don't be shy of the goal. <laughs> You're right. I should embrace this. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Are you going to win? You're going to win the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, this is it. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> You've heard it here first. Um, so the London Marathon. And then I've also found out I've got a place on the Chicago Marathon. Oh, amazing. Oh, wow. Which right. has been on my kind of bucket list yeah. for a long, long time. Yeah. So, um, yes, I'm really excited about next year. Really excited. Okay, well, I'll be pacing the 345 Brigade. At London, I can't say I'm going to be so, there. So, oh, it's a good. That's a goal, though. But there so we, we could run together. Is that a motivation? Probably not. <laughs> Did my face <laughs> not necessarily? Well, I mean, we'll, we now see that you ran three thirty. We'll know why. <laughs> yeah, Hannah, thanks so much for coming on the Runners World podcast. It was great to talk more about Red January, and it's a fantastic, um, fantastic thing. And hopefully, people listen to this will we'll sign up, and, and it will chime with them. Yeah. Thank you. It's a pleasure to spend time with you both. This is the Runner's World podcast. So, Rick, it's the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Runner's like stats. Yep. So I thought we'd do some big numbers of 2019. Sounds good. You ready? Yep. One hour 59.40. What's that going to be? <laughs> oh, hang on. <laughs> it's the marathon time run by Elib Kipchoge, the first ever sub two marathon. Yeah, staggering. I mean, that happened this year. That's pretty mental. Yes. That's number one on the list. For sure. Um, 2.14.04, a new women's record run by Kenya's Bridget Koskai. Yep. Equally impressive in its own way, for sure. Here's a single number that everyone will get. You know, this mm. is this is important. It's 4%, which is kind of actually not really this year. This year was poor, more like a next percent, but we'll stick with 4%. Okay, yeah. Right, and that's percentage of improvement in running economy by those wearing the Nike Vaporfly shoes. Yeah. Which, you know, now is more, even I think it's like 7% or something. Yeah, well, they were saying it's mm. at least 4%. That seems to be the... Mm. 32.7 degrees centigrade, which is the temperature during the women's marathon at the World Cup in Doha. 28 athletes pulled out in total. Yeah, and I think they moved the, to- the, um, the Tokyo marathon didn't they they, as a result of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I think, yeah, just and just generally because it makes no sense to make people run really far in really hot weather. Yeah. Which is funny that no one's really <laughs> cottoned on to that. 41, number of pacers who, in total who assisted Kipchoge uh, during his sub-2 marathon. One gold medal won by Britain's Dina Asher-Smith in the 200 metre at the World Champs. Go, Dina. Yeah, agreed. And came third in the uh, Sports Personality Year, which is nice. Yeah, that is good. Representation matters. Agreed. I think without that, sort of not to throw shade at the uh, Sports Personality of the Year award, but it somewhat is female light in yeah. nominees sometimes. For sure. For so, sure. you know, it's good that that was there. Yeah, good, good. Well deserved. Yes, um, def- absolutely. And who knows? You know what? She does really well in Tokyo next year. Maybe she could win. Let's hope so. One billion pounds. <laughs> right? Yeah. The, the London Marathon's overall fundraising total since its inception in 1981. Thanks a billion. Yeah. I didn't write that. Rick wrote that. <laughs> Just so you know. Um, 83 hours, 12 minutes and 23 seconds, which is the new record for the spine race set by Jasmine Paris. Um, I mean... People always say whilst expressing milk for her baby at age stations just to add an extra zing to the whole thing. But, you know, I think the time itself is pretty sure. phenomenal. Just running. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> um, four, which is the number of years of which controversial running coach Albert Salazar is now banned from the sport, along with Russia. So, yeah, <laughs> so, it's been a good year of banning. Yeah, it has, yeah. hasn't it? Um, 2,620 is the number of barefoot miles that Anna McNuff has run. Yeah, on a barefoot Britain adventure. Which is not. Fair play. Mm. Yeah. I wonder how many blisters she got. Maybe that was actually the blister count. That's <laughs> <laughs> true, yeah, yeah. Zero, which is a big fat zero for the number of finishers at this year's Barclay Marathon, um, which uh, since 1995, only 15 people have completed it. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? 
I think so. it's tough, isn't it's it? It's a tough one. It's a tough race, that. Like, you really got to be ready. You really got to get your, you know, mm. get the right shoes. Uh, <laughs> that'll be it. That's yeah. what's stopping everyone. Get the right shoes on, for God's sake. 12K versus 8K. Um, this is the distance run by men at the National Cross Country Race compared to the distance run by women. Yeah, come on, everyone. Yeah, yeah come on, let's, let's, let's equalise that. Yeah, yeah. hopefully 2020, that, maybe that's going to be the year that happens as well. Hope yeah, so. exactly. Hope so. And 250,000, which is what? the number of listens for this podcast. Get in there, quarter of a million. Right. We're very, very grateful. Thank you very much for yeah, tuning that's, in. That's amazing, so thanks everyone for that. Right, those are your big numbers. Excellent, thank you very much. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Well, we're very lucky to have not one, but two great guests on this end of year show. And we're delighted to be joined by Stephen Crompton next. Uh, Stephen is running 2,500 miles uh, across Africa in January. Steve, welcome to the Runners World podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Can we start by um, why you got into running in the first place? I understand that you say that running saved your life. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd have to take you back all the way to when I was 11 years of age. I got heavily involved with um, drugs and I started off smoking cannabis and then went on to chemicals, ecstasy, amphetamines, um, cocaine and that sort of, you can imagine, that escalated into crime and, and, and you know, took me down a really dark path um, up until the age of 16 when my circle of friends started to use crack cocaine and, and heroin and, and that scared the life out of me. So I, I uh, decided to escape that life and join the army um joined the army spent maybe a year doing really well loved the training loved there was a lot of running a lot of um physical sort of training and 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 it just yeah it was so good to be away from that life of of drugs and and um just self-sabotaging behaviors you know um but because of that drug use at a young age, you know, I had this addictive nature. So, you know, after about a year, it 
I started to, you know, drink a bit more. And once the training died down a bit and the uh, the phase two side kicked in where you're sitting around waiting to get on courses and stuff, you had more time. And so, we, you know, I'd start drinking more and and I started to gamble. So I, I, I become extremely addicted to gambling within a short space of time. And um, it it just comp- it was absolutely awful it it was worse than any any addiction uh, you know the drugs the alcohol the gambling just really took me downhill and um within 2 years i was discharged from the army um one night in the bar i had um put my last 400 pounds into the fruit machine and i was just frustrated after a year of losing all my money struggling with finances and and i um I come back to the bar later on in the evening, smashed the machine up and took my money out of it. I was just completely frustrated and and uh, in a lot of financial difficulty at that time. So, yeah, that was the end of my career in the army. I, yeah. I you know, I, I'd fought so hard to get away from the, the, the drugs and, and, and that life, but behind, put that life behind me. And then I had gone back down to where I begun you know it was um it was it was awful I, I you know I ended up on the streets after my discharge from the army um it I reached my lowest ebb and my lowest point of my, of my life at that stage because I had uh you know tried to take my life after being discharged from the army and and um I spent a lot of time on the streets just drinking bottles of neat spirits of alcohol and and I was you know just at the, at the end of that, I started smoking heroin and crack cocaine, and you know I'd just completely given up on my life. Um, and uh, within six months, I'd gone from serving yeah. as a serving soldier for Her Majesty to being in Her Majesty's prison. You know, I I got sent to prison after six months of my discharge from the army, and um, went on to. Um, Spend four months in prison for uh, stealing alcohol from a, from a bar, and uh, just to drink myself into the ground because I was just emotionally and 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 physically finished after being discharged from the army. So um, yeah, that was quite a a tough time. But after my discharge from the um, prison, I started to I, I I didn't start to rebuild, but I I was just. I didn't have the energy to to do much. I just sort of existed for maybe five five years. It was just a hell of a traumatic period throughout my life, from eleven years of age up until twenty. Yeah, and and um, I got to twenty six, and you know I was still between my discharge from from prison and and probably twenty five, twenty six. I was still battling with the drugs and the gambling and 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 the alcohol. Um, and I got to a point where I was just so fed up, um, and I just, I just, uh, the fear of not, you know, reaching my full potential in life. Just, I just started to change, and and yeah. and um, I thought I started running. I, you know, I'd, I'd finish work and and I'd go running in the evening. I start start, and then I started doing therapy um for the gambling and uh, and everything else. But the running, the running was great because actually I found something where it was like my escape, you know, like the drugs and the alcohol and everything was. Now I'd got into this running and, and I'd be able to just escape for hours on end and, and really, um, and, and, and you'd feel great afterwards. Yeah. You know, so, you, you know, like when you take drugs or you drink or anything like that, you know, you're looking to escape something and, and you're also looking to feel good from 
from it as well. So um, running offered me that, you know. So it was, uh, I started running and I, I entered my first half marathon, uh, ex, the Great West Run in Exeter. I trained for maybe a month. It was in October. I think I started really running in September. I trained for, yeah, so maybe two months, September, October, yeah, but about month and a half and um i managed i had a time that i wanted to get with one hour 30 and uh i managed to come in at one hour 30 46 seconds right. and although i was a little bit gutted i it was euphoric you know yeah. I, I i i was amazed how amazing it was running down that straight with everyone cheering and and actually you didn't just feel you know like just the great feeling from the running which you get but just that feeling of strength and like I, you know i'm actually quite good at something and yeah. i'm actually quite good at this um although i, I mean I, I, you know, I didn't finish in the top 10 i was, <laughs> no, I was... But it's still a it's still a very very good debut and like you say it's, yeah. it's, it's more you know you gave it your best that's what and that's what running can give you isn't it it's a sense of achievement i think yeah yeah i think um it's you can push yourself and you can, you know, you can see, you can test how, you know, how strong you are and just keep, keep going. And, um, there's no limits to how far you can, how far you're willing to push yourself or how far you want to go is, mm. is totally up to you, isn't yeah. it? So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, a really good way to sort of, um, turn your life around. So from that point of sort of realizing that, you know, this was something that you, you took a lot of solace from, but also that you were good at and you felt the challenge of it was very rewarding how did you get from that point to coming up with the idea of running two and a half thousand miles across <laughs> africa <laughs> yeah that's um so i'd i'd um gone out to um uganda last year to volunteer with uh, a project called uh, amari and they support street children um, children off the streets and, and and into education and um you know I mean, from a background of quite a very troubled youth myself you know 11 years of age getting heavily addicted to drugs and stuff I sort of I see these children on the street four or five years of age no one to turn to no help and um there was just that 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 young boy inside of me I suppose you know that um that suffered as a child could really relate to it and um I knew that running had saved my life and, and, and I sort of thought, I'm going to use this to save these children's lives, you know, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go and do something and, and, and set up a charity, which is, um, um, what we did. And, um, I, I, I initially thought, right, I'm going to set up a stage mass endurance running events and we're going to make some money off of them. And then we're going to help these kids off the streets and into education and stuff. And, um, and I thought, no, I need to do something bigger than that. And I thought, I just go and run across Africa, you know. So uh, normal thought. I I went on, yeah. I went on to Google as you do and started typing in run across Africa, see if anyone's done it before. Yeah. And I, I you know I noticed a couple of people have have done it, but only a handful. And you know compared to say something like climbing Mount Everest where four thousand people have done or it. across I, America yeah, or something like that. Yeah, 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 there's 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 a lot more people have done it. So um, I thought, ah, this is great because you know I wanted something that was going to uh, raise enough awareness to you know t- towards the the, the extreme poverty of the children and stuff. So um, I knew I was good at running. I knew I'm able to run through a lot of pain because when you're running two and a half thousand miles or when you're running back-to-back marathons like I'm doing in training, it's you have to run through a lot of pain for, for a long period of time. And, and I'm comfortable in, in that pain mm. cave, you know. Like, yeah. That's that's where I feel most comfortable in there. So um, I'm, I, you know, I'm geared up to, to do long-distance stuff like this. So I thought, you know, perfect. I'm going to, 
go and run across Africa and hopefully raise uh, a load of awareness and, and, and money for the street children out there. It's 95 marathons, isn't it? Yeah, 95. It's a long old way, that's it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. How are you, because um, you, you're based down in Devon, right? In Exeter, in Exeter. yeah. How are you sort of um, uh, training in terms of distance down there? Or are you just, uh, and then how are you going to do it? I don't know what the weather's like in January in, in Africa. It's uh, pretty hot. Yeah, it's pretty hot. So, so, Devon's pretty warm, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, Devon is <laughs> a bit of a difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe like 39 degrees difference. Oh, um, yeah. You know the the lowest temperatures around twenty degrees at night uh, oh, wow. through Africa, wow. and um, it's uh, it can get up to forty degrees. You know, especially in Namibia, running through the desert and stuff like that. So we're gonna have um, a lot of challenges along the way. Um, my training, you know, I, I've been training a lot, running distance along. I, I work like twelve hours a day, so I, my training has to be done in the in the mornings and yeah. and, and on the weekends. Um, I train at five o'clock in the morning. I go running ten miles around uh, the coastline down in uh, Exeter, the yeah. Exmouth, um, and I spend the weekends doing back to back marathons and and strength training and and getting myself in in the zone yeah. for, for the run. But um, yeah, there's it's quite hard to prepare yourself for the temperatures and 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 the heat and stuff like that i know mentally i'm i'm you know 100 percent prepared for it so um as long as i have that time to acclimatize when i land in tanzania then uh i'll be ready and are you going east to west or are you going west to east i'm running from east to west so okay. running from um dar es salaam yeah i'm gonna have one foot in the indian ocean and then we're gonna run through tanzania zambia and across namibia yeah. Through national parks, teaming with wildlife and yeah. um, and uh, the Namib Desert, you know. Wow. With, uh, wow. Yeah. So, are there any? Is it is it a dangerous route? I mean, other than like you know the, the temperature. Do you need to be careful <laughs> well, about wildlife and that kind of thing? Or? Well, you know, we're we're wild camping throughout on on the trip. Wow. So, um, you know, we've got a support vehicle and a, and a support team, and uh, we'll be camping wild throughout. So, yeah, there's 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 obviously danger involved with that. You can't go and camp wild in Africa and not be any danger of any <laughs> of any wildlife coming um, into your you know camp or something. So, yeah, we've you know we've done a bit of research. We sort of uh, know what to do and what not to do, but we can't actually mm. stop any you know yeah. wildlife coming coming at us. So, um, yeah, we just got to sort of deal with that as it as and when it comes <laughs> yeah I mean, um, yeah sorry ben, go on. i was gonna say well you, you obviously you've had some time in the army and you're you're also on channel 4's sas who does wins yeah so is any of that applicable was that a good experience or is that just yeah i mean um the sas who dares wins was was i I, i'd done that just after i'd applied for that just after running my first half marathon i you know Doing the, the 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 running just made me feel so strong, and and, and finishing in, in that time as well, having a goal and getting so close to it, I was like, I found something that could help me turn my life around. But um, I when I, I seen the first series of the SAS Uday's wins, and um, I, I you know when I was discharged from the army, that was my lowest point because I completely lost myself. You know, my I was I was on the streets, and and, and it was a very dark time, and um, I lost a lot of pride and and. and and you know self-esteem from my discharge from the british army because I'm, I'm from a background of you know um a family that have all served in the military so it really broke me and uh i seen the ss who does wins and i thought this is a great opportunity to be able to prove myself and get my pride back and my and my self-esteem and and i applied for it and um yeah it was 
it was very difficult because for everyone it's different the amount of pressure that's on you the actual task it's all the same for everyone but the amount of pressure you're putting on yourself yeah. depends how much it means to you you know i'm there because I, I, of this terrible situation in my life that i'm trying to sort of you know redeem myself mm. in a way and um yeah, it was it was it was tough. I really put a lot of pressure. You did on well, though, right? You came. You were yeah. top three, weren't you? Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, uh, I I I was withdrawn from a ter- interrogation after twenty two hours of a possible twenty four. So I was, you know, yeah. I was two hours away from the end. Um, yeah. me and uh, John Styles were pulled out together, and um, yeah, that was uh, that was it was an amazing experience and 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 one that I could carry on growing strong with my running as well. You yeah. know. Um, Shortly after sort of finishing the SAS Uday's wins, I, I I come out of there and I trained even harder. And, I, you know, two months after, three months after that, I, I went and ran a one-hour 20 at Bournemouth Half Marathon. I right. finished 17th out like three yeah. and a half thousand. So, it, yeah, it certainly um, it gave me my belief back and yeah. and helped me uh, get strong. I think your story is absolutely fantastic. I, yeah. I wonder if there's anyone who, who's listening to this who's, who's at a low ebb themselves um, and might be thinking about, you know, getting back into running or taking up running. What what would be your advice to, to someone in that situation? I, I would I would just just start doing it, you know, get out there, um, find somewhere I love running by the sea, uh, or, or in woodlands, just, just away from um all the, you know, all the city and all the you know, all the sort of overwhelming stuff, you know, just get away from that, get out, run along the coast, run along the sea, put your headphones in listen to something motivational, you know, start to um, build that motivation up because actually going out running can be quite difficult sometimes and you have to have a bit of willpower and a bit of strength to get out there and do it. So, um, you know, when when you're out there running, get your motivational speeches in your ear. You know, we've got thousands of them on YouTube, just, you know, um, do you like is that what you've got? Have you done used those before? Is yeah, that what yeah. You've gone for? I, Rather than music, do you like to just hear like a an impassioned speech? I I sort of fluctuate between between the two, but certainly when I started running, um, you know, after after the way that my life had gone, there was a lot to rewrite. You know, a lot of bad negative beliefs and mm. and, and and sort of stuff. That so I listened to hours and thousands of hours of motivational speeches. You know, to to reprogram my subconscious because it was full of a lot of bad things. Yeah. You know, mm. so um, yeah, I would get out there and you know find somewhere nice out in out in out in nature and and get their motivational speeches in your ear and uh, it'll change your life. Yeah, you mentioned your charity. What's what's the name of the the charity that you're so money it, for? It it was called Run for Child Poverty. We I set it up initially because I was like running and 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 yeah. child poverty, putting the two together. We've just gone through a sort of renaming and rebranding process, and it's we now ch- named it uh, Challenge Child Poverty. Okay, because we're going to be staging many different challenges. It's you know not just running. We're going to be doing swimming, hiking. We're going to be we're going to be creating a whole series of challenges where we're going to um, one hundred percent of uh, all the money we raise is going to be going to projects, small projects around the globe that support children off the streets and into education um so yeah challenge child poverty it's really coming together now we've uh it started off as just myself and uh now we've got a, a team of 15 volunteers right and um yeah they're all amazing amazing guys and where can people go to find out more information about that so you can visit uh challengechildpoverty.org.uk our website um we've got social pages on facebook and uh instagram 
And, um, you know, there's a landing page on our website, which will be uh, covering the whole run across Africa as well, where you can um, you can catch up on there. Um, it'll have a live map updated every hour of where we are and, you know, a daily blog. And, and uh, yeah, you'll be able to really um, follow the journey. And, and, and if you want to support us, get on over to the website. That's great. Stephen, that is uh, firstly an amazing story on your behalf and, and an amazing thing that you are, you're attempting to do. So all the best for January. Um, we will be dot watching. Yeah. We'll, keep, we'll, keep, <laughs> we'll keep an eye on you and we'll, we'll, we'll check in with you once you're done. Great. See how it went. That'll be really good. But thanks so much for joining us amazing. on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A huge thanks to our guests, Hannah Beecham and Steve Crompton, and to you, of course, for listening. The Runners World podcast was recorded at number eight studios in Soho, ho, 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 <laughs> and is available on Acast, iTunes, and all your favourite podcast apps. If you've enjoyed this episode, please give us a review. We'll see you again next week, and have a fantastic Christmas and New Year. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.